This is the 343 Podcast. I'm your host, John Pronich. Welcome to the show. Gary Kleiman started writing about American soccer in August of 2009. That was the birth of 343. A line from the very first article published on 343 reads, and I quote, Our goal is to help players, coaches, clubs, and members of the media get better. But it all has to start with being good students of the game. In 2012, three years after entering the blogging world, Gary released a short video of his brother Brian Kleiben's U11 team so that other coaches from around the country could see what's possible in American soccer and so they could judge the quality for themselves. The video has since accumulated millions of views and has been shared all around the world. And it is very likely that the video of the kids playing possession soccer at 10 and 11 years old is or was your first introduction to 343. And naturally, after coaches saw that video, they flooded Gary and Brian with questions, mostly about how the team was able to play such a beautiful style of soccer. It was obvious that people were hungry, and it was obvious that people wanted to learn. So, through extensive video, Gary continued to show the product on the field, while he simultaneously started to build an online university to help coaches replicate that playing style in their own environments. That eventually became the 343 Premium Membership Program. And after years of going through and documenting the entire development process, from the time the players were eight years old, through the Development Academy, and graduating them to the national teams and professional contracts, Gary has new goals and new ideas for the future of 343. So to celebrate the nine-year anniversary, he and I talked about the evolution of 343, some of the problems that are still plaguing American soccer to this day, and how he's adjusted his thinking about some of the other problems that have existed along the way. And we also talked about a little bit about what the future may hold for American soccer and 343. And I really, really think that you are going to enjoy this episode. But before we get to it, a few things before we get started. First, this podcast is supported and funded by the members of the 343 Premium Coaching Membership. You guys deserve a huge thank you. We appreciate you and your dedication. And thank you, thank you so, 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 so much. Second, uh, at the end of this episode, Gary makes a request for your feedback. And he and I would love to hear from you. So leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you're listening to this. Uh, reach out to us on Twitter, leave us a comment on the, the podcast write-up, and just tell us what's on your mind. We want to know what you guys are thinking. We want to know what you guys like. And we want to be able to offer more of that in the future. And lastly... A reminder that we offer free and affordable online courses with no barriers to entry, no travel, no inconsistent messages, and no confusing software. You can take total control of your coaching education and get 24-7 access to digital learning and mentorship from a source that has actually proven that their methodology works. Yes, that is right. 343 has proven it time and time again that the methodology works. 
You can learn more about the programs that we offer and help to support this podcast by visiting 343coaching.com. That's the numbers 343coaching, all spelled out, dot com. All right. With that, I hope that you enjoy this ninth anniversary celebration episode of the 343 podcast with Gary Kleiben. Hey, John. Yo. You ready? Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. Um, maybe you can start off by by explaining why we're going to record this today or what your what your text was to me the other day. Yeah, uh, I don't know. During the course of my daily routine, uh, you know, I'm just looking up the date and somehow it popped into my head that, oh, shit, like August is the month that we're, when we started 343. And usually I try to make a note of it. It's like, oh, it's, you know, the five-year anniversary, six-year anniversary, whatever. And I'm like, it just passed. So, yeah, I just I sent you a text saying, hey, the anniversary, the ninth anniversary of 343 just passed. Maybe we should record a podcast to, to talk a little bit. <laughs> uh, it's funny. It's funny to me, too, because you're getting to know you over over nine years, actually. You've never really been the, the type of guy that, like, celebrates like a like an anniversary, like a five year, or a six year, seven year, whatever. Um, except for like with something like three four three, I, I feel like so. This is this has been obviously a big part of your life, and I'm curious like what what nine years of this really means to you. Um, I don't know. I guess the first thing that comes to mind is that consistency, right? That word, and and why is it that three four three has existed so long? We continue to try and and build this thing bigger and better than it was the year before is we like this stuff you know we're passionate about football uh it's it's a big part of our life and so we're just not going to stop you know it's not a function of whether you know the business which it now is works or isn't working or or makes this much money or or doesn't it's just a passion and and you know nine years into it we're going to have another nine years you know, we'll be talking again. <laughs> I'm sure that people are, are going to pick this episode up that haven't listened to previous conversations that you and I have had, or that are that are going to find three four three, maybe even for the first time when when they listen to this. So, I I kind of want to talk a little bit about how three four three started and, and the evolution and and where it is today. So, can you can you kind of give like a, a general overview of of what year one was like and and you can kind of i guess speed past as fast as you want over things that have happened over the years but then bring us to today yeah uh i don't know if you have dates in front of you i certainly don't but a rough (laughs) a rough a rough sketch of it all is uh, you know in in 2009 uh you know brian had been coaching then probably i don't know six seven years at that point he had a youth team uh i was involved you know over those years as an assistant to him uh, did whatever I could to help. And in 2009, you know, I just started getting hooked on, you know, this new wave of, of social media, in particular, the explosion of blogs. 
and and what they were being used for. So I said, you know what, I'll just start something. You know, and I'm a tech guy too, John. Right? I have an education in physics and you know math and all that stuff. So technology fascinated me. So I launched a blog. Uh, and what do I know something about? Oh, I think I know something about soccer. So I started talking about or writing about all our experiences uh, to that point as coaches and, and observers and, and learners of what's happening in American soccer. Uh, so that was in 2009. And then that continued maybe for two or three years uh, without much fanfare, right? Yeah, you know, local community was engaged and, and the audience was growing, you know, trickle by trickle, drip by drip. Uh, nothing major. And then in 2012, you know, Brian uh, facilitated uh, Ben Letterman uh, to move from, uh, you know, his club at the time to move to La Masia. Uh, and when we published that news that, you know, FC Barcelona had signed the player, uh, then I think he was 12 years old at the time, uh, then that was a, a big spike in our audience, right? It, it drew quite a bit of attention. Uh, so that was 2012, maybe, do you know when our video got published, man? 2012. Oh, that was 2012 as well? Yeah. Okay, so so I guess, I guess later that year then, maybe six months later, I don't know, uh, we published our first ever video on YouTube, uh, which was of Brian's then 11-year-olds, or U11s, you know, playing amazing football, uh, something that probably the American public hadn't seen before, especially at that age. Uh, very possession oriented. Uh, it looked like it looked like a mini FC Barcelona, right? The pro team playing. These were 10, 11 year olds. So we published that thing um, with no strategy in mind, nothing. I just cut a couple clips and uploaded the thing, uh, and it went viral. Got over a million views. A whole bunch of media outlets, not only in the U.S. but you know worldwide, picked up on it. Uh, oh my God! Look, the Americans finally learned how to play soccer. You know, the English papers <laughs> were saying, and Spanish papers. So, so that that really was kind of like the paramount moment uh, that that you know caused three four three to explode, kind of into where we're at now, to a large degree. Because I started getting floods and floods of emails uh, from coaches uh, across the country, you know, asking me, "Hey, Gary, like, how the heck are you guys doing this? You know, can you help me? You know, teach me. Uh, what do you guys do?" And, and at that point, I'm like, Jesus Christ, like, you know, I have no, no idea. <laughs> I have no idea how to teach you that stuff. Because uh, right now, now we better understand, right, John, that, that you can't just draw out a diagram. Oh, this is my training session. Here you go. I mean, that stuff's been out there forever. Or you can't just write a book and say, here's the book. That shit doesn't work. You know what I mean? You need, you need there's just so much more involved in coaching education to get to the point where, where Brian was then, you know, and, and obviously Brian has evolved uh, henceforth, but a book's not going to do it. Words on a page aren't going to do it. So long story short, uh, we got this, you know, 30 foot tripod tower. We started filming, you know, all our sessions, miking up Brian. Uh, and eventually we launched this product, you know, uh, where, where people can, hear Brian's voice during training uh, with the real team, right? It's not staged at all uh, doing what he does, you know, doing his art. And then coaches can learn from that and, and mimic that and take what they think is amazing, you know, and replicate it in, in their environment to a certain degree. And that was the birth of the business, um, the coaching education business. 
God, I don't know where to go from there, man. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll just, cause I'll go on forever. Right. Maybe I'll just fast forward kind of like to where we're at today. Uh, you know, thankfully you've helped us a lot along the way as has, as have others, right. Joey Cassio, Danny Rogers. Um, there's a cast of people, right. Ian Lane, who, who you brought on board. Um, but principally you've been the focal point in, in, in now helping us, you know, reach a wider audience who, who may need help. Um, or, or may want to, to learn, you know, maybe from us uh, through this podcast. Uh, and, and well, you can you can take it from there if you want. But um, <laughs> we're, we're, we're in that process, right, of trying to trying to expand and, and help more and more people. Something I just thought of that might be might be kind of funny is to go back and I'm pretty sure I still have it. It might be in a different email account, but to go back and, and find some of the emails that I initially sent you, because I was one of those people that started to flood you with emails. Like, how the fuck are you guys doing this? Like, I want to know how, how to get my team to play like Brian's team is. Cause when I came across this stuff, I, you know, was just a reader of your blog and, and a follower of Brian's work. And I, I, I think in one of the emails, I, you know, it, it bunch of stupid questions. And, and now after seeing, and working with you and with, with Brian specifically, um, sorry, I just got an interesting text. I'll have to tell you about that in a second. Um, uh, it, uh, it really helped me understand what you kind of just said is that you can't just write this down in a book and you can't just put this on a diagram. Like there, there's so much more to it. There's, there's so much more to it. And it took me a long time to really, really understand that. And I think people that have been, you know, following Brian's journey specifically um, for for many many years, have r- really started to understand that piece of it. And it's it's the people that kind of you know just find it for the first time or come across a video or a podcast that are just getting introduced to it. Where that's really the hardest part for for me, especially be, because you know I, I'm not Brian number one, but um, I'm also not an expert coach. But that that's usually the hardest thing for me to kind of get people to understand. And, and I feel like you and Brian have done a very, very good job of doing that. But as you tell the story, I, I know I've asked this question before, but I don't really remember the answer. I'm curious how intentional some of the moves were. Like how intentional was buying that tripod and and starting to record Brian and Mike Brian up? Like was it intentional that it was going to be shared or was there a different goal at that time? Okay. So a couple of things. One is I went broke buying that thing. Okay. <laughs> I had, it cost $6,000, right? It's this, it's this high pod. And, and I do recommend everybody, you know, go. And I, I asked him to write, to freaking interview the founder of high pod, right? Rick, yeah. one yeah. day you'll do this. Yes. Okay. But, but, uh, yeah, I, we purchased that thing or I, I should say I purchased that thing. It was $6,000. Pretty much all I had in the bank account at that time. Uh, without the intent of building any sort of business or anything, it was more so like, shit, man, we want to fucking film our games and nobody's doing that. And how can we film our games? And we looked for solutions and this was a solution and we just went out and did it. Yeah. It's, I've heard you tell the story about going broke. I don't know how many times, but, um, but it's an important, it's it's an important part of it. It was a tool. It was a tool for us. Uh, you know, from, from the coaching perspective, but more so just like, I don't know, just being passionate soccer people. And we want to see our games. We want to have them on film and see them. Yeah. 
Um, when did when did it become intentional? When when did like the the accumulation of the videos and and the audio pieces and everything become intentional? And, and I don't know if you and Brian had a conversation about that or if that no, was your I idea. Think- I think it was just with the influx of, of requests. I mean, it was, it was a shit ton, John. I don't even know how to tell you, but it, with the incl- influx of requests of help me, I need help. Teach me. How do you do this? Um, I don't know. At some point we, you know, put the puzzle pieces together. Hey, you know, why don't we start filming the training sessions uh, in a particular way, right. To, to be able to build something for, for others. Uh, we had thought of, you know, filming our training sessions before any product idea came in our heads, simply because when you film the training session, you get to see who's doing the activities correctly, who's not more so than they're live and in person. Uh, but at some point it just clicked. I, I don't remember the exact moment, John. Yeah. Um, I, I had written down a question and I'm going to, I'm going to change it, but the question I had originally written down was when did you realize that you were a thought leader or kind of like, you know, this, this disruptor, um, which came along with, you know, the videos and, and the blogs and things like that. But I'm going to, I'm actually going to change the way I'm going to ask this. How, how did you, how did you handle it when you realized that you were a thought leader or what did you start to do when you realized that, that people were, were listening and watching what you and Brian were doing? Mm, I guess I gave a lot of thought as to, you know, how I can best teach slash persuade others uh, to seeing what it is that we're seeing. Uh, and, and I wanted to do that in a, I don't know, in a dignified way, but also without compromising who I am as a person. So I, like, what, what does that mean, right? Well, if you follow me for any period of time, you know, I come across as very abrasive or I have in the past, right? Very abrasive online saying, you know, coaches in America don't know dick, right? Maybe less than 1% of coaches know what they're doing, you know, and, and that rubs people the wrong way. Uh, so, so I try to strike a balance, but at the same time, just from my Argentine heritage, uh, you know, that culture talks that way, you know, and, and comports itself that way and doesn't, you know, isn't necessarily politically correct uh if you catch my (laughs) if you catch my drift so it's kind of in the blood to be highly poignant uh incisive critical um it's just who i am um so so i try to always strike some sort of balance between you know that cultural push that i get or pull and 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 the more diplomatic route which is which in many respects helps business right and, and, and it helps and helps persuade people who are not of Argentine culture, <laughs> which is important. Yeah. Um, so aside, Did I answer it. I don't even know if you, that was your question. That was your question, right? Something uh, like that. Yeah. Something like that. Like, how did I handle once I, once I, I thought that I had some influence. Yeah. 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 And that's how I handled it, man. Try to balance those two, those two things. And you, you kind of, gave a good example or a good answer when it comes to like your heritage and and that's why you believe or do certain things. But 
you also I've I've come to realize and I've come to actually really respect it too that you kind of operate by like a set of like principles or guidelines and you kind of have you know shown me and shown other coaches and and how how you know that can be very beneficial but I've never really asked you about like what some of those principles or guidelines are so um, I, I'd be curious to hear you actually talk about that like like what actually guides you um and you could you could actually answer that in, in a number of different ways so, you know in your day-to-day life you know what's what's you know the the guiding light when it comes to the the coaching education business um maybe you could talk a little bit about how it's impacted you and brian but the the principles that have kind of guided you along along this journey principles that guided me along this journey my goodness, I, that's so broad. <laughs> like, I, 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 the first thing that comes to mind is like principles. What are you talking about? No, I have no <laughs> principles. Uh, I don't know. For, maybe because what's been on my mind a lot lately, John, is is helping three four three grow. So so that has you know geared my brain a lot recently towards business principles. Uh, so so uh, being responsible right from from uh from a monetary perspective you know and not you shooting from the hip and not necessarily just going off instinct but but looking at numbers um is, is a guiding principle of mine uh and that makes sense right with my with with my training right as a mathematician and and and, and physics guy numbers really guide me a lot uh from that end and then even when i'm assessing the the American soccer landscape, I'm looking at numbers again. So something that I'm deeply involved in at the moment is uh, looking at young players in, in MLS and, ab- and abroad and what is a good environment for them to be in. So I'm looking at numbers. You know, uh, If I look at homegrown players, I'm looking at the historical uh, trend and facts numerically of homegrown players, you know, what their salaries are like, what their minutes played are like, uh, what their trajectory ends up looking like and doing the same thing over overseas. So uh, I guess that's point number one, numbers, facts, uh, guide me, John. Uh, the, the other thing that came to mind is, uh, doing, just doing what is right. Um, not necessarily i don't know i've engaged with a lot of people and a lot of people like to play these games i don't know why you know they they like to think themselves as oh my god i'm gonna play this word game with this person or i'm gonna do this chess move with this person and you know and 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 what guides me is just hey gary what's the right thing to do you know and, and i try to go with that so I don't know. You caught me off guard a little bit with, with that question, John. I wasn't I wasn't prepared, but hopefully that gives something. Do the right thing, and then what do the numbers say? Yeah, and and that's actually you you touched on it when you when you first started to talk about it, um, or you first started to answer the question. It's it's you know the the way that you've handled the business has always been with like a a, a di- or an end goal in mind, and and so like what the podcast does or what the coaching education program does or you know the other the other activities that the that we're part of everything is geared towards you know an, an end goal and long term long term is the word that's a principle of mine i look yeah. at the long view yeah and so i've i've struggled with you know 
I, I'm the opposite. So you're you're super analytical, and I'm I'm you know uh, what did you, I think you said you shoot from the hip. I'm I'm that person. So mm-hmm. having to having to learn a little bit of discipline and and understanding that you know there's a bigger picture has mm-hmm. has been an incredible lesson that I've learned along the way. But it's also something that's out that that's actually embedded it in the three four three program, which I never really connected the dots until maybe a year year and a half ago, where you know you kind of have like the foundation or you, you, you know, your, your vision or your set of principles, I guess, of, mm-hmm. of how you want things to do. And then that dictates everything that you do from, from, from then on. Like if you want to play yeah. a certain way, everything needs to be in line with that. And so it's funny to kind of see, you know, like the business side and then the on field side kind of side by side, because they're very, very similar the way that you and Brian operate in those regards i don't know if that makes sense either it does it does man it, t- it makes a lot of sense to me because you're talking about me but i don't know if it's gonna make <laughs> sense to our, if it's gonna make sense with people listening but um i think i think i think that's right man i think that's right you know him on the field and you obviously you have to talk to him i think uh is guided by pretty much the same sorts of things right is do the right thing uh have a vision what is the vision you know and how how do we achieve that that vision you know and go step by step no no shortcuts i guess i'm going to i'm going to try to change gears and and mm. i don't know you can you can take these questions however you want like it's it's hard for me to to decide if i want to talk to you about like the actual coaching membership because if we just talk about that then it sounds like this you know an hour yeah no 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 um but but you can take these and, and, and answer them with whatever comes to mind, I guess, is, is mm-hmm. what I was going to say. But I'm curious, what, what lesson has been the hardest for you to learn? Uh, working with people. How so? I, um, again, I'll go, I'll go, uh, I'll dive into my history, right? So, again, I'm, I'm trained to be a scientist, right? That's what I went to school for, and, and that's what my first real-world job was uh and that is it is a collaborative endeavor because you do have to communicate and you do have partners and team members etc cetera, etc cetera. but the vast majority of the time you are just at a desk right and you are uh, figuring things out on your own you've got equations right you've got you got all these things that it is a very solo type of life uh and so, you know, in, in, in the soccer world, you know, obviously that's very different. You have players, you have coaches, you have administrators, you have uh, parents, you have all these, if you're doing youth, right? You have all these touch points, human touch points that you need to interact with in order for, again, you to achieve your vision. You know, all those other things have to be in order as well. And you have to interact with people. And th- that's if you're a coach, right? Or if, if you're actually on the, on the ground floor as Brian is, and I no longer am. But now in the business side of things, it's the same, right? It's, it's a lot of human interaction. You know, you, we can't just lock ourselves up in a silo and then work in isolation and figure out things for you know, our, our members or our future members or, or whoever. You actually have to get out there and communicate with people on the phone or do a podcast, or do interviews, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and if you have partners, right, um, you know, ha- being able to work with partners well, uh, and they have interests, and you have interests, and how do you come to consensus uh, on how to move forward, you know, in, in, where both parties will be happy uh, with a certain direction. 
and if you don't see eye to eye, how do you resolve those things? So that has probably been, well, I don't know if it's the greatest challenge, but a very big challenge <laughs> for me. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> it it makes me think about earlier earlier this year when I hit you up and I was like Gary I'm fucking broke man and mm-hmm. I, I I need something and, and when I when I asked you like hey like you know what what can I be doing and, and you're like okay well I'll think of some stuff and I didn't hear from you for like two weeks and I was like fuck like like what am I gonna do now like this guy's pissed off at me like I'm asking for you know I'm asking for a raise and mm-hmm. blah 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 like it was it was tough but then I I I kind of you know, looking back, I always, I, I've done this very often too. Like looking back, I'm like, well, yeah, he's just, he's analyzing the whole situation and you know, it's not that mm-hmm. he's like mad or anything. It's just like, he's, he's doing exactly what he's done his whole life. And, yeah. and this is new to me. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a funny thought, I so, guess. Okay. So I'm a good guy. I'm not an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> You're a good guy. No, it's, it, and that's something I get all the time too. It's like, I, cause I, I'm kind of like brash on, on Twitter. And when, if somebody meets me in real life, they're like, Oh dude, you're way different. Like that's, that's not who you or who I thought you were going to be. It's like, well, yeah, it's just Twitter. Yeah. That's, that's not real life. Um, all right, let's keep going. Um, what, I mean, over, over the years you, you've, taken very strong stances on, on a number of different topics and, and people have, you know, yeah, gone to war with you about, about a lot of different things. I'm really curious if there's anything that you've, that you've changed your mind about from the time that 343 started to publish things, you know, publicly nine years ago to now where, where like you at one point thought, you know, this is it, like, this is the problem or I'm right about this. And then, you know, nine years later, you're like, well, you know, maybe that wasn't as big of a deal as I thought, or maybe, maybe I wasn't right. Maybe somebody else was right. Have you ever had any of those, those types of moments or or does anything stick out to you after hearing that question? Yeah, there, there's one thing. Um, in 2009, when, when we started this, uh, yeah, I'm I'm just going to say promotion relegation, dude. In 2009, (laughs) my head wasn't, my head wasn't there, you know, cause I was very, I was very much in a little bubble right uh you know working with our little teams you know you know going to surf cup and figuring out this possession soccer thing and then you know going overseas and learning and you know trying to understand the psychology of the parents so that you know we can achieve our goals right john or trying to understand the psychology of the player try to understand the psychology of of the administrators of the club that we were we were operating out of you know all of that really took you know was a cognitive load on me. So there was no space to really contemplate the bigger picture. Uh, so when you just look at the problems in that small bubble, you tend to extrapolate and think that's what's happening everywhere. So in the beginning, uh, I primarily thought that uh, coaching is the problem, right? Most all coaches don't know shit, and so since they don't know shit, our players don't get developed, and our, since our players don't get developed, we suck at, at, at the pro and national level. Uh, but again, I don't want to say that I was 100% certain that that was the problem, because again, you know, being trained as a scientist, I'm not going to be doing that sort of stuff. Uh, and then maybe a, several years later, you know, when I finally started removing myself from being uh, a coach on the field, and my mind was able to explore things on uh, with you know, 
more so. And, and then all the puzzle pieces started falling into place and, and realizing that promotion relegation, right, which is essentially uh, what drives the incentives of the ecosystem at large uh, is the issue. So that's the one that's the one thing that changed, man, from 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 it not being pro rel to it being pro rel. And and since then, you've kind of taken the stance that, you know, that 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 is you know, one of the biggest, if not the biggest problem that, that we suffer from here in American soccer. And so I, you know, I don't think it's a stretch to say that you, that you think that you're right about that. Yeah. When, so I'm trying to figure out, I don't want to ask it the way that I wrote it down, but how, how did you go from, you think that you, you know, that this is right to, you know, I absolutely know this is right. Wait, hold on. Wait, say it again. Like how? How? So I'll, I'll just I'll I'll read my thought that I wrote down. So, in a in a book, I read a line that said, "My painful mistake shifted me from having a perspective of I know that I'm right to having one of how do I know that I'm right." So how did how how did you know that you were that you were right about promotion relegation being you know what we suffer from or lack of promotion relegation being what we suffer uh, from? I, I think a lot of it has to do with. So, so on a micro scale, right? So us personally, Brian, myself, bumping our heads up against a glass ceiling, uh, you know, starts starts making you think, okay, you know, why, right? Uh, and then others, right, sharing the experience with others as well, why? And 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 to understand that, you kind of have to understand the incentives behind how the ecosystem operates, right? What are the incentives uh, driving uh, say the the promotion of coaches to a higher level, so that might be the infancy of it. You know, is is why can't we further progress? Uh, why can't our club? You know, with, with that team that went viral on YouTube, why can't our club? Uh, you know, be promoted into the U.S. Soccer Development Academy. Right? Clearly, we are. Uh, the best in, in, you know, California, Southern California, if not the whole nation. Uh, and yet, you know, our team slash our club is not being allowed into the development Academy. Uh, why? So you ask yourself, why is that? Uh, well, because there's a gatekeeper that based on some nebulous criteria, you know, decides behind the scenes who gets to achieve a certain level and who doesn't, it, it's not the field. Uh, product that that enables you so what that team had to end up doing what brian had to end up doing is uprooting the whole thing and moving to to chivas usa which was then a mls you know franchise uh and that was the only way to continue progressing but you couldn't progress within your own within your own environment so that's probably where the wheel started to turn right uh, and, and then again, when I removed myself from the coaching environment, the day to day, I just started looking at the wider business slash economic principles that are guiding, you know, American soccer. And, and the conclusion always all every trail always leads to this lack of a meritocracy, uh, which means we, you know, in other words, we don't have an open marketplace or an open ecosystem. It's It's centrally driven and it's driven by gatekeepers who determine who gets what and how much um 
I don't know if I did a good job there, but you know, I think I think that's my personal story leading me down this path. Yeah, and, and the next two questions I had written down, the the first one was was why do we have these problems in American soccer? And you kind of just answered that with with you know the gatekeepers and the lack of incentives and and a number of different things. But the question that people frequently get hung up on and argue about and you know have you know polar opposite stances on is is how these problems get solved and it's one thing to kind of identify a problem but it's another thing to solve it and sure how or what comes to mind when when somebody would ask you or if i asked you how how do these problems get solved sure well uh, of course i'm I, I i'm not an attorney uh, uh the legal stance on this is something that i'm not qualified really to speak on but but from a, an implementation standpoint, you know, putting legalities aside, uh, I think it's very simple. I think uh, U.S. soccer, which is the governing body, you know, charged with regulating the, the American soccer ecosystem, uh, who FIFA grants authority to, right? All they have to do is say, hey, guys, listen, we're, we're going to move to an open marketplace, you know, an open ecosystem. Uh, where, where clubs are the individual business entities, right? Not leagues. Uh, and, and, you know, in 10 years time or eight years time, we are going to introduce promotion and relegation, you know? Uh, and here are the guiding, you know, I don't know, here are the rules under which it will operate. You know, maybe two teams get promoted, two relegated. Uh, if you want to get promoted, you know, you must have, these sorts of infrastructure requirements fulfilled. Otherwise, you can't get promoted, even if you do win your league, blah, blah, blah. And give, you know, the entire country an eight-year runway uh, uh, to mobilize and, and re-engineer, you know, their business models, if, if at all necessary, uh, to be able to succeed uh, eight years down the road. That's it. It's very simple, man. I was trying to think about the first time that I heard you say, you know, or you talk about using a runway, like eight years, 10 years, whatever it was when you first, mm -hmm. when you first said, it. and I think it was about three years ago when I first heard you mention something like that. And so here we are three years later and you're saying the same exact thing, but that means that it's, you know, if it were implemented tomorrow, that it's, you know, three years, three years later than it would have been three years ago. I don't know if that's a weird thought, but it, no, 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 it's not a weird thought. And this is precisely what, you know, is annoying uh, with with the people who may be well-intentioned but say things like, well, we need our second division and third division in order first, you know, before we can do promotion relegation. Well, okay, I'm telling you how to get the second and third division in order, you know. Let's announce it now so that it's in order eight years from now, you know. If, 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 if we keep waiting, you know, that runway keeps slipping, you know, and next thing we know, we're 10 years down the line say, having the same conversation. Yeah, and it, it it almost seems like they're the use of the the World Cup now coming in what, 2026. Like that's mm -hmm. another thing that, you know, is that we're waiting on. So like, oh, you know, we'll wait until after that to to implement this, this and that. And it's always kind of like a like a waiting game something something that has to happen first before this happens next type of type of situation 
Um, it's, it is it is annoying and it's frustrating to watch that and it's frustrating to see people buy into it. Um, yeah. Well, there's always a new sucker, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, how how do you best handle people like that? Like, how, how what's the what's what have you learned over over the course of of your public facing content creation educating life you know how how do you deal with people like that that are that are suckers how do you how do you show them what's right in your mind i'm not sure that we can it depends how far down the rabbit hole they've gone right so if they are let's say you know somebody's new to soccer you know maybe six years ago they came on the scene uh they're pretty new you know maybe they've they've watched the game a couple years maybe you're like like a Jason Davis type or something like that. Right. And, uh, you're supposed to laugh there. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, no, no. So you start listening to the TV, right. You start reading the, the media that currently exists. Yeah. To kind of educate yourself. Cause that's what you think you're getting. So who are you listening to? You're listening to Alexi Lawless. You're listening to, you know, uh, existing outlets, uh, and that's where you're being educated. So somebody like that is long gone, right? They have been indoctrinated in, in the ways of how the American soccer has been uh, with all those special interests attached. So I don't even worry about that. Uh, it's the new person that starts now, right, that I'm worried about. Uh, but luckily there is an opposing voice and it's not just Alexi Lawless, you know, pom-poming the existing infrastructure. It's, it's guys like you, it's guys like, uh, you know, (laughs) others, okay. (laughs) That, 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 that I think are doing a good job at counteracting, uh, or balancing, I should probably say out the opposing view. So now people have more of a choice. Right. They can listen to both sides of the aisle and hopefully, you know, discern, you know, what's probably true and what's probably not true. Um, I lost track of your question, but I think I, I, I think I think that's it, man. My role, I think, is to try and, and keep this thing going, you know, uh, help support you. And and I need to make another entrance right into the writing world myself because I have a lot of things you know, on my mind that still haven't gotten out. Uh, and then others, you know, our audience can, can take that stuff, hopefully glean some insight from it and, and then share it themselves, you know? And so it's a battle of ideas, John, and, and we're on one side and then there's, there's an opposing view. You used an interesting word and it's a good segue into another question I wanted to ask, but you said balancing. And I've always been like super impressed by watching you know, the balancing act behind the scenes. Cause I don't think a lot of people understand how much happens behind the scenes. And I'm very, very privileged and honored to be able to see some of it. Um, but something that you've you know frequently said is that you only reveal about 5% of, you know, what you know, or what, what you have seen happen. Mm-hmm. So that balancing act you're, that, that you have had to kind of battle with how, how do you battle with that? And, and how do you decide what you say or, or when you say it or, or things like that. I'm, I'm curious about that process and, and your thoughts behind it. Uh, yeah, I think it's pretty fair when I say I only reveal 5% of what I could be revealing. Um, 
so it's not very balanced, right? It should be 50, 50. <laughs> it is balanced. So, so most of, most of what I could say doesn't get said. Uh, and how do I handle that? I, Wait, I don't know. Real, real, I, real quick. Uh, I want to, I want to backtrack. Why doesn't it get said? Cause I think that's important for people to understand. Well, it doesn't get said because, you know, again, our ecosystem is run by gatekeepers, right? And if you want to uh, have any chance of prosperity, uh, or advancement in this ecosystem, either as a business or as a coach or as a player, or as anything, you have to shut your mouth uh, on a variety of topics. Otherwise, you know, the gatekeepers will essentially blackball you. You know, they will they will cut you from the ecosystem or from, you know, the ecosystem they control, which is, you know, the meat and potatoes of American soccer. Right. Uh, and then you don't get to work anymore. That's it. You're done. So that's why I can't say things. And so how do you, how do you deal with that? Or how do you, how do you handle or, or choose? I drink, I drink a lot. <laughs> You've seen it. I've seen it. I've no, uh, it. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. I, I try to be, you know, calm, collected, uh, uh, intelligent about it, you know, and, and I try to remove myself from the emotion as much as I can. Uh, so those are the personal tricks, right? And and then the other is I, I I pick and choose certain topics that that can achieve some objectives, um, ultimate objectives, and, and 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 won't necessarily, you know you know, get me blackballed or, or frankly, you know, get Brian in trouble, you know, cause he, you know, his aspiration is to be a professional coach and he's working to that end and gatekeepers, you know, hold, well, the key uh, to that happening, at least in this country. Right. So, so I don't know. Those, those are the driving forces. Yeah. It's been difficult for me too, because there's been a couple of times where, you know, I've, I've said something either on the podcast or on social media or, or even in person too, just sitting in the stands at, at games. And, and then I've had to quickly remind myself, like, you know, it's not just me that's going to be affected by what I say or by what I do. It's, it's other people. So not even just you or Brian, like the, you know, the players, yeah. uh, yep. you know, other assistant coaches, um, bigger than that too, organizations, franchises, like there's, there's so much blowback that, that can happen from just, you know, a simple tweet or a picture being posted or, or things like that. So it's been, it's been a reality check for me because I've experienced this in, in real time. And, and it's, and you've probably experienced it in your own, in your own, uh, uh, thing outside of three, four, three, in your own coaching experience, you know, there's, and there's always pressures like this, right. In any business. So if, if you're working for, I don't know, Starbucks coffee, you know, I'm sure they have code of conduct. And, you know, if you're a business guy, there's probably, you know, a, in Starbucks, there's probably a whole bunch of proprietary financial statements that you have access to that, you know, if you made public or if you said certain things, you know, you're out. But the difference is if you're at Starbucks coffee and you do something like that, you can go to Coffee Bean and get hired. You know what I mean? And, 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 and work your way up the ladder. You can go, you know, elsewhere. In American soccer, there is no alternative, right? There, there is a monopoly, and if you don't play by the monopoly's rules, well, there is nowhere else for you to go. Yeah, it's it's a scary thought, and I think you mentioned something earlier when you were talking about 
when things were just getting started and you and Brian were so just like zoomed in on the day to day of what was happening with your team of 10 or 11 year olds that mm-hmm. none of this, none of this other stuff really, uh, got any of your, of your time or attention. Mm-hmm. And, um, I see that, I see that very often from, from, you know, just going and visiting other coaches and, and doing camps and, and talking with other coaching members is that everybody's kind of so zoomed in, rightfully so, on their own day-to-day problems that that it's very, very difficult for them to make time to step back and see like, hey, like, you know, what's happening to the whole here or how is this affecting, you know, the the bigger picture? And that, I think, is is one of the most important things that, that coaches and, and administrators and parents and players um, – can can do at this point is is zoom out and and you've talked well, yeah. about i think go ahead no and they, that that is that is a a big issue right because they don't see how the bigger picture is directly impacting them right they don't see that their issues and their problems are due to this bigger driving force uh in the system they don't see it that's the challenge so how do you solve that problem? Uh, education, man. Education, education, education. Luckily, we're the, in, in the information age. And I don't know if, if you agree with this, but over the past handful of years, I seem to have seen a, quite a, 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 a trend in, in a positive direction regarding educating on this topic. We still have a long way to go, but every day there's more and more people you know, on the ground level, coaches, even even parents who are starting to realize how impacted uh, their kids are, their wallet is, uh, their careers as coaches are, their their trajectory as a club is. Uh, they're starting to realize what's what's holding them back. Have you seen that positive trend? I've seen more and more people educated. Yeah, no, and I, and I've mentioned this multiple times on the podcast too with various guests that I see I see the trend and I only see people moving one direction. So I only see people moving from um like the MLS camp to mm-hmm. the promotion relegation camp. I don't see people going the opposite direction. I don't see people saying like, "Oh no, I want less opportunity. I I, I want less teams involved." I don't see that. So Look, I, there's I, a hot there's a hot topic right now that's going on is there's an exodus of of the top elite young players in the United States, meaning 17, 18, 19 year olds, the top, the top, they're all leaving. They're all leaving overseas. They're all going to Europe. They're all being offered homegrown contracts and they're all leaving anyways. Okay. And I see that principally as a function of them being more educated in the marketplace, right? The mar- you know, there's more information out there. There's more data points out there that that just show them listen <laughs> you're probably better off going somewhere else you know and and the more that happens the more uh pressure and incentive there is going to be on our system to to change some things so i just bring that up because you know we it's almost daily now right john that there's a new <laughs> report there's a new report of of uh, a top us youngster going overseas yeah, it's um, I guess some people would describe it as alarming and some people would describe it as amazing. And it's 
I think again, there, there's only there's only one trend there that more and more people are saying that this is amazing, and less and less people are saying like, oh man, like bummer for for MLS, like you know they're they're losing players. More people are like, fuck yeah, like you know our our best players are are gonna be going somewhere where where they're gonna you know develop into badasses. So I don't yeah, know and that... fulfill and, and fulfill their economic potential as well, not just sporting potential. Uh, but but what's really cool is starting to see you know a lot of these media outlets starting to have their own light bulbs go off finally right and 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 realizing uh, some things so some of the guys that I, I respect you know are the top drawer guys right Jr and Travis who you had on the podcast uh, Travis right is the one I believe who who routinely logs how many uh, minutes young players get in yep. in mls right yep. and he's you know he's doing that great work you know and people are, are seeing it and being educated on it um and and again it just shows the power of media uh to be a force for good <laughs> i see it as a good versus evil i shouldn't say that right but because everybody has their own perspective or whatever but uh the, I, I think i think it's a good thing um, if the marketplace, you know, corrects the things that we're doing wrong. It's a, it's, it's another interesting topic too, because I, I don't know, it was, it must've been before I actually started the podcast. One of the times when I had been down there and you had mentioned like, Hey, like all the stuff that I say or that I do, you know, it goes straight to the top. Like, you know, people, people hear about it. And I, I kind of, I remember like thinking like, Oh, like, you know, this guy thinks he's more important than he is. And then I started to, you know, become more and more involved with, with three four three, and especially with the with the podcast. And then I started to get messages from certain people, like that that you know had listened or had heard about something that we had talked about. And I was like, holy fuck! Like, you know, I never would have expected that person to know about this topic or or this thought that I had or this guest that I had on. And then that trend continued and continued and continued even even to this you know this minute actually I'll, I'll have to tell you about this in a second um but we've talked about it before how or if the the work that we've done has in any way shaped or or changed the conversation that's happening at a bigger scale so like at the at the you know the mainstream at the mainstream level the things that they talk about on ESPN at halftime or you know what Fox covers or what some of the major outlets sports illustrator write about and and I've come to believe that we've absolutely either I don't want to say the the reason but part of the reason that that the needle has moved and I I'd be curious to hear you you know share your thoughts about that uh I mean I like to think so I like to think that we're you know, we're making a difference. Uh, I mean, I think, you know, if, if people's emails, if people being truthful with me, I know we've had, you know, great positive influences on, on hundreds of coaches, right? Uh, they just, you know, will, will message me and say, hey, thank you very much for everything that you're doing, you know, and they, and they give me a little bit about their team's history and how they progress, you know, using, using the help that we provided them. So I think we're making a positive impact there. Uh, insofar as media is concerned, uh, I like to think so as well. Uh, I like to think that one day, you know, artificial intelligence, machine learning will get to the point <laughs> where, it, where, it can, where it can mine 
right? Uh, the Twitter slash internet universe and see where, you know, the original, the, certain ideas and contexts kind of originally came from or how they were more shaped or how, where, where that spike happened, right, uh, John? And, and, and hopefully we're one of those people who helped influence. But I'd like to think so, man. It gives our work a little bit more meaning, right, if you know that you're, you're making, a, making a difference. Um, but again, we all see what we want to see, right? So I'm in, I'm in the market to buy a new car. And I'm looking at these Hondas and all of a sudden every car on the street that I see is the Honda, <laughs> right? So, so when I see media outlets say, say the things that, you know, we said years ago and they're saying it for the first time, I like to think that, you know, <laughs> it, it's our work that spread there, you know, but what do I know? I'm going to, I'm going to probably hate myself for asking this question since either I'm going to have to edit or it's, it, it could be hilarious, but and by the talk- way, why do you, why, why do you think I was lying about John, it's going all the way to the top. <laughs> I don't, I don't the know fuck, if I, <laughs> I don't know if I thought you were lying, but I was just like, oh, like you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I just remember having like a, a thought similar to that in my head, mm, yeah. three, four years ago. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious if, if, if you want to talk about why you're, why you're in the market for a car, or if I'm gonna have to uh, edit this out. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I, I'd rather not. In short, in short, I gave my car away to somebody who needed it, and that's that's that. I'll leave it there. All right, we'll revisit that another day. Then I'm not going to edit it out, but we can come back to it so people can remember that. Um, it, it's kind of a good segue too, I, I guess, to maybe maybe a few last questions. Um, I'll, I'll tell you right now in in like three or four questions. I'm going to ask you what people need to know, so you can just have that in the back of your mind. I've been enjoying ending interviews with that question. Um, but I'm, I'm curious if, if, if you can share with people what you're currently learning right now. What am I currently learning? I think, I think I, I'm going to give the same answer I gave half an hour ago. I'm learning how to, how to work with, work with people, work with partners, work with, uh, work with colleagues, uh, better. Um, I still think I have a long way to go in that regard. So, uh, that's what preoccupies a lot of my brain. How, how do you think you can add value to, to people's lives or, or if you want to maybe make it soccer specific to, to, to coaches or players or, or parents' lives? How can I add value? How can you add value to theirs? Jesus. Uh, I don't fucking know. Uh, <laughs> uh, God, I, I don't know, man. Um, I don't know, dude. I'll tell you what came to my mind, right? I, yeah. I always, when I think about, you know, adding value to people's lives, it, it, the word that comes into my head is always education, right? Because I think that adds a lot of value, right? The more, you know, the more people learn, the, the better off they're going to find themselves. Uh, and then the next thing that from that is, you know, book recommendations and things like that. And then it got me to my Twitter stream. And I'm sure you noticed that many times I, I tweet things that are not soccer related. Uh, a lot of the Elon Musk, SpaceX, space exploration type stuff. Uh, how can I add value? I don't know, dude. Fucking, I don't know. <laughs> how can uh, I add value to coaches' lives? I, make sure that the 343 business side is healthy and we can continue the work that we're doing. How's that? That's good. 
That's good. Um, how, yeah, I'll just, I'll, I'll ask the, the opposite of that question. How can people add value to you? And, and I'll preface with this is, is that in the past we've talked about how hard it is to find somebody to, to join or be part of our team. And you've kind of hinted at, you know, being better at working with other people is something, uh, that, that you're, you're trying to improve. So when you think about it like that, how can, how can somebody add value to what you do or to what you want to do? Uh, well, it'd be great if, you know, if anybody out there who we've helped, who they, you know, if they think that we've helped them, you know, give us a hand as well and maybe tell everybody, you know, that we're here at your service and, and, and we'll be a positive impact to them. So word of mouth, I guess, is, is something that would be very valuable to, to me and our mission. And then people frequently ask us how they can get involved. And I, that reminds me, I need to ask you a question about, about two people that recently brought something up to me, but, uh, people, people, yeah, frequently ask how, how can they, how can they help or how can they become, you know, a, a, a part of the, of the solution, I guess is, is one way to put it. So mm -hmm. what would be your response to that? Or what is your response to that when people ask? How can we help? Uh, you can help by learning as much as you possibly can. Uh, and then, and then promoting, uh, the voices that, that you think are forces for, are a force for good, uh, in the game. So, you know, if you're on social media, and, and you think that we're doing good work and, 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 and we're a force for good, please try and amplify what it is that we do. Uh, and if other people are doing the same thing that we are, you know, amplify their voices too. One thing that, one thing that you know, again, uh, I don't want to see, see it as like them versus us, but it kind of is, to be honest. One thing that they are very good at, John, is supporting each other's work. So writer a will promote writer b's work and writer b will promote writer a's work right quid pro quo between both of them uh to amplify each other's voices and and keep the opposition view at bay because uh, they don't they certainly don't promote our work dude uh so i i think we need to have more of that you know on our side so that's how they can help and so maybe just two two more questions and and this one I think is actually important for people to to hear because it's something that you put out quite often and and you'll you'll kind of do like a ask me anything type session mm -hmm. um and and I've been there with you you know sitting right next to you when when you've done some of them and you're just like what the fuck is this like what type of question is this so I'm I'm curious if you can share with people the types of topics that you would enjoy talking about or the questions that you want people to be asking you that you want to be prompted with so that you can give a, that you can give a, a proper response to. Uh, genuine question, man. Like don't, don't send me loaded questions where, where your mind is pretty much already made up. Um, send me a question where, where you're genuinely interested in, in what I think about it, you know, uh, or what my answer is. And that could be anything, you know, 
did we really land on the moon? Because they really don't know. Okay, I'll 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 answer that. <laughs> Does that make sense? I just want genuine questions. Don't send me fucking bullshit loaded questions that you you know with an agenda behind it. Yeah, no, it, it makes sense, but it's just like I know that that there are um, that there are certain topics that you know you want people to be discussing. Oh, and, oh, so you have a different angle on what you're uh, maybe to maybe I, I I think I asked you a loaded question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, well, and, and something that comes to mind too, and 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 I you know it's no disrespect to the person that asked it, but you know, or asked, it's been asked multiple times, like you know, what's your favorite food? Is somebody like people will ask you? It's like, well, you know, that's not that's not something that is productive, or you know, that is going to yeah. help anybody do anything. So it's like, what what yeah. are the types of questions that you really want you know people to be asking you? Well, my expertise is is in I think I have some expertise, right? Is in science, uh, math, and soccer. So, if you have like science related stuff, great shoot. You know, if you have soccer related stuff, great shoot. Uh, what type of underwear am I wearing? Retarded. <laughs> yeah, so that's, sorry. People yeah. get offended when I say that word. You know, sorry. One hundred percent. All right, so. This is kind of a, I don't know if this is a loaded question, but you can, again, take this and, and run with it however you want. But uh, it's, it's probably an important question, I think. Um, what, do, what do people need to know? Uh, they need to know that the decisions being made at the top are directly impacting or cascading down and impacting the work that they do at the bottom. Cause I don't think they get that. I don't think so either. And we kind of, we've, we've talked about that before in, in other conversations and um, this is maybe, maybe another question too. Where, where can people kind of find your thoughts on that? Because you've talked about that before. So where, where can people that are maybe picking this podcast up for the first time or hearing you speak for the first time, where can they kind of find other pieces, uh, that, that are, or that revolve around that same idea? Yeah. Well, you can always ask me questions right on Twitter with the, ask me anything that we just talked about. <laughs> uh, and I'll be more than happy to address all of those questions because it's the most important one. Uh, and then of course you can go to, to the blog where three, four, three got started uh, and maybe do a search. Yeah. Do a search on promotion and relegation or just promotion and maybe read those articles. And then hopefully next month, John, we can finally get to work on these cornerstone pages and one of these cornerstone pages will be, you know, all about this topic and, and we'll direct people in the right place. All right. Is there, is there anything that, that we didn't get to that, that you think we need to, uh, that we need to address? No, I think it'd be cool if people got back to us. Uh, and, and I don't know. I want to know if this is helpful if this discussion that we just had has helped them at all, aside from maybe, I don't know if it entertained them. And, and if it did, you know, I'd like to do more of these, dude, because, you know, I've only revealed 5% of what I could reveal, dude. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, so this, is a, this is a good medium for me to just like sit down for an hour, you know, chat on, on a variety of topics with you and get it out there versus me trying to, you know, craft over the course of days and weeks, you know, an article or two that barely 
that barely touches on the, on the stuff. So this might be an appropriate medium to start fleshing out more and more. All right. So that's what I want to hear from people. I want to hear, is it cool? Should we do more of these? (laughs) All right. I'm, I'm down with that. I would, I would definitely, uh, I would definitely enjoy having more of these recorded conversations. Okay, great. Well, I have to go catch a bus, dude, because I don't have a car. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 343 Podcast. And thank you to Gary Kleiman for coming on the show and for talking a little bit about the evolution of 343 and for celebrating the ninth anniversary of the birth of 343. It was awesome to catch up with Gary and to get a chance to talk a little bit about the membership and what the future might hold. So if you guys are interested in learning more about the 343 programs and everything that we offer currently and everything that we've done in the past, you can find everything at 343coaching.com. That's the numbers 343coaching, all spelled out, .com. But before I let you go, I'm going to play a little clip from Tom Beyer talking about his experience with one of our online courses. So here's Tom. And I can tell you, after someone who's done a lot of coaches' education, both as a student as an instructor, that you will learn more by watching one or two of their videos that you might learn on any full-time course. Because the, the one thing that I liked about what they're presenting is, again, it's simplicity, man. It's very simple. It's not a lot of, you know, complicated words. It makes sense. And it goes right directly to the heart of, of, of the game on, on, on how, to, how to develop um, not just, you know, individual players, but develop teams as well. Once again, you can find all the information about all of the programs that 343 offers by visiting 343coaching.com. That's the numbers 343coaching, all spelled out, dot com. Once again, thank you for listening to the show, and we'll catch you guys next time here on the 343 Podcast.